and gentlemen, it is the go-home week for Clash at the Castle. So we are back for your go-home shows for both Raw and SmackDown this week. We also have something special for you guys. We will be having our picks show for not only Clash, but for AEW's All Out that will be coming out later this week. I'm going to record that with uh, Mr. Zach and hopefully Sam uh, once he's all settled in in his new home in Florida. Uh, if not, Mr. Zach and I can take on the reins and we will get everything discussed for these uh, premium live events slash pay-per-views. And don't forget, we also have NXT Worlds Collide as NXT UK officially wraps up their business with all of the titles being defended and in unification matches. Now they haven't officially done that for NXT, but I'm recording this before NXT has aired. So I fully expect there to be probably a fatal four way tag team match for both the NXT and UK tag team championships. That's it just only it makes the most sense um but i could be wrong who knows um but we'll find out after nxt tonight but this podcast is for monday night raw that aired yesterday august 29th another good show in the triple h era uh he really has not missed much when it comes uh, to the shows and how good things have been going. But of course, last night there was a bit of controversy uh, and we will discuss that going on. Uh, I also have my soapbox handy because you're always going to get on it. He's got a little, he's uh, got some stuff to get off my chest when it comes to uh, certain things that happened or didn't happen last night. But first things first, we get into the show itself. We start things off with a tag team match as Judgment Day took on AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler. I like the fact that Dolph and AJ are are a tag team. They're working pretty well together. But Rhea Ripley, she's just that X factor uh, that Judgment Day has sorely needed. That time she was uh, off television, it was rough. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. It was pretty rough for them. But... Uh, Judgment Day actually here getting the victory. Uh, but of course, as Judgment Day is trying to celebrate the victory to get ready to leave the ring, uh, we go to the Titan Charm and we see a, I believe it was a Jeep that rolled up. And who gets out? But the Rated R Superstar Edge himself starts heading out towards the ring. Judgment Day does an about face and gets back in the ring. And they look like they're ready to, you know, defend. You know, the mat. We go to commercial, we come back. Edge makes his way out, does his usual shtick with the crowd and the pyros, and everything's all good. And uh, Judgment Day and Edge go back and forth talking about, you know, the, the same old, same old. Um, how, you know, Edge says that both Rhea and uh, Priest, even though they sat underneath his learning tree for a few months, they clearly learned nothing. And it it looks like we're heading eventually towards Edge versus Finn Balor, which I'm very excited to watch. Um, I think that would be that's going to be a great match. But as we get towards the end of this, it looks like Edge is about to get in the ring, but of course he's 
you know, he's outnumbered here three to one. But Edge being master uh, manipulator and the ultimate opportunist, man's always got a plan B. And sure enough, the Mysterios themselves come out with kendo sticks and they attack Judgment Day, chasing them from the ring. However, we get this interesting moment towards the end of this where we have Dominic with a kendo stick and Rhea Ripley. Now, the crowd at this point, which was also very dead uh, in Pittsburgh for the majority of the night, which was very surprising. They're a big wrestling town, so I'm really surprised that they were this dead throughout the majority of the night. But for this, they kind of got a little riled up. They want, you know, Dominic to strike Rhea with the kendo stick, especially after everything she's been doing to him as of late. But Dominic, obviously being a stand-up gentleman, not going to hit a lady. He eventually lowers the kendo stick and... Rhea is able to take it from him. Of course, when she does that, Edge and Ray Mysterio jump back in the ring and kind of, you know, hold off Rhea. Rhea eventually gets dragged away by Finn and Damian Priest. And I'm watching this and I'm like, he's clearly going to turn at this point because it's just the psychology that's been going on between Rhea and Dominic has just, I've actually really enjoyed it. Um, It's just, (laughs) it's funny because the memes that have been going on on Twitter uh, after Rhea has been beating up Dominic and the majority of the people are like, Oh my God, it should have pull out the the Dolph Ziggler uh, gif or the video. It should have been me. (laughs) It's just been comical to watch kind of unfold. So this kind of leads on a little bit later on into the night where we find out that there's going to be a tag match at Clash of the Castle. It's going to be the Judgment Day versus Rey Mysterio and Edge and not Dominic, which was a bit of a surprise. Um, But Rey telling Dominic that he just needs that experience in the ring with him, but he wants Dominic by his side. Okay, that seems pretty easy enough. But the way Dominic was processing what was being said to him by his father, it was just like it's screaming at this point that Dominic is eventually going to turn on his father, join the Judgment Day, and hopefully if he does, they actually will do something really good with him. Um, Just he needs a full makeover when it comes to everything. Maybe this will be time for him to get a mask, have a darker version of Dominic Mysterio. I don't know. It's interesting. I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to this match because I want to see the turn happen. I want to see Ray's face like complete, like heart-shattering facial expressions from his son turning on him. It's just I think this could be really good. And having Dominic and Ray in a feud together at some point, I think would be perfect. But that's probably well, well down the road. That's fine. We'll see what happens on Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also, this weekend, huge. Actually, this week in general, just huge for wrestling. You had Raw last night. You have NXT tonight. You have AW Dynamite on Wednesday. You have Impact uh, on Thursday. You have uh, SmackDown and Rampage on Friday. 
You have Clash at the Castle Saturday afternoon for those of us on the East Coast, 10 a.m. on the West Coast, a 1 p.m. pay-per-view. Oh, I'm all for that. I want more of those earlier day stuff. That way you don't have to freak out so much. And then on Sunday, you get all out. And you also get NXT Worlds Collide. I believe the NXT show will be happening in the mid-afternoon uh, because All Out starts at, I believe, 7 is the buy-in. Uh, or 7.30, depending. I haven't verified which one, which time it starts yet. But a full full weekend of wrestling, rolling right into Labor Day. I have the day off. It'll be great. Might even do a post-show uh, during Labor Day. We'll see what happens. Um, I would like to, but you never know. It'll be a lot of fun. But, again, that's this weekend. i got to roll it back a little bit. We're going to keep going with Raw itself. So, to gear up for their six-woman tag match at Class of the Castle, we have Bianca Belair, Miss Bliss, and Asuka taking on some what they what WWE calls local athletes. Uh, they're indie, indie wrestlers. I forget their names off the top of my head, so I do apologize for that. But this was what you expected it to be. It was a big match for the faces. They come out. They dominate. They get the big victory. Everything looks good come Saturday. After that, we got Kurt Angle, Pittsburgh's own, the Olympic hero, wins gold medal with a broken freaking neck, comes out to the you suck chance. I love how that's a term of endearment at this point in time in his career. <laughs> uh, he comes out, thanks the crowd for everything, and then immediately is interrupted by Alpha Academy. And I, I, I for some reason, my brain just didn't even think of that. And then when the music hit, I was like, oh my god, this is going to be outstanding. And I came to find out that <laughs> Jason Jordan actually produced this whole segment. So again, that extra layer of Jason Jordan being Kurt Angle's illegitimate son, and people have always considered Chad Gable to be his illegitimate son as well. So it just it worked out so well. I'm so ha- I was so happy with this whole segment. Um we ended up having a shoe show off between Kurt and Chad. Uh, they tried to have Kurt join the Alpha Academy, and Kurt said no. And then it looked like Otis was going to attack Kurt, and then the Street Profits come out to save Kurt. We end up then having a tag match with the Street Profits versus the Alpha Academy, which slapped so hard. It was a great match. I really, really enjoyed this. Uh, with the Street Profits obviously getting the victory, uh, there was a caveat in this match that if the Alpha Academy won, Kurt Angle would be forced to join the Alpha Academy. Obviously, that did not happen. Uh, it was just a lot of fun. Uh, Montez Ford is a bona fide megastar. And this man, I hope to God, with Triple H at the realm, I can definitely see this happening now. This man will be a multi-time heavyweight champion before he retires. Um, and obviously, this is no, no shot at... Angelo Dawkins, who has completely stepped up his game and his shoulder tackles on the outside of the ring have become part of my favorite parts of Raw. Like, he sent Otis over the announce table last night, and this man yeeted Otis. Otis is not a small person, and he sent him flying. And I I was just like, this is fantastic. It just 
whenever the split happens, I no longer fear for Angelo Dawkins's career. Because you know sometimes with tag teams, you have that one shining star in the team, and the other one, who also may be a good wrestler, doesn't quite have that same shine, so you worry about that a little bit. I've seen it so many times with, with tag teams that break up. One ends up floundering, the other one ends up doing great, and then, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate. I had that same reservation when it came to the Street Profits maybe two, three months ago. I no longer have that. I feel like Angelo Dawkins can easily win himself some singles titles and have himself a one hell of a career post Street Profits. Hopefully that's not anytime soon, at least for, you know, uh, for, as a selfish, t- selfish take. I don't want them to break up because I really enjoy them as a team, but there's no denying Montez's Montez Ford's future. Like, my God, <laughs> the man is ridiculous. So we'll see what happens going forward after that. Um, so at the end of this match, they they the Street Profits obviously do their celebrations with their red solo cups, and they give one to Kurt. And I was just kind of side-eyeing the television going, is that a good idea? For those of you who remember Kurt Angle in TNA and his very end of his WWE run, the first go-around, the man had some problems. He had some demons when it came to alcohol and drugs and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, God, please. So they all take a sip, and Kurt realizes what it was, spits it out immediately. And the Street Profits are like, oh, my God, we're so sorry. But then Kurt goes behind the announce table and comes out with three, like, little pints of whole milk. And I laughed so damn hard. They all did the cheer. They all drank the milk, and everything was great. I'm like, oh, this is a fantastic segment. We roll on to for me was easily the best part of this show last night earlier in the day on monday there was some video captured by some fans of riddle and seth rollins out in the parking lot fighting refs and Agents come out to separate them, and I'm just sitting here going, there's no WWE cameras anywhere. I said, this was clearly, they knew that there were fans that were going to be taking videos, and they just let them have a great time trying to fight one another. Like, this whole feud has been bubbling, like like a water water that's close close to going insane. And we just needed that one extra push. And we got that last night. They did an interview with the two men, separated obviously in different locations within the building, because it's it's essentially been on site for these two men. They see each other, they're they're immediately going to try to take each other's head off. So they do the interview talking about the match that's going to be happening at Clash of the Castle. Now it was supposed to happen at SummerSlam, didn't happen because Riddle was injured, and that's all good and fine. And I also have to remember that they've done one other thing here. They've given Riddle his first name back. Matt Riddle has returned. I also hear that Austin Theory has retained his first name again too. So we'll but we'll 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 talk about that in a little bit. So these two have fantastic shots going back and forth to each other and I thought Riddle got the last laugh on on Seth when he said that you know they're going to talk about you know how there's Truly only one man in his 
relationship talking about Seth and that's saying that that's Becky. And I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, what a great closing line. Interview's over, you know, and we go off. However, we went to break, we come back, and Michael Cole talks about how oh, I'm sorry, not Michael Cole. Um, the raw commentary team talks about how there was more stuff that was recorded after we went to break. And we went back to hear uh the, the very ending of the of the interview and Seth in like deadpan, like dead, like like no emotion. Goes, hey Riddle, you still there? Riddle's like, Yeah, I'm still here. And then Seth just continues and just goes off talking about how Riddle no longer has a family, his because his wife divorced him, took the kids. And you saw Riddle, like I've seen him get upset, and I say that in quotation marks. But this man went red, like he saw nothing but red. He started swearing about how he's going to kick Seth's ass and a lot of bleeps, a lot of jumbled up face uh, pixelations. And I was just like, holy Christ. I'm like, this is insane. And the Internet exploded with this. They're like, this is the, this is exactly what this feud needed. I can't wait now to see this fight. This is not going to be a match. This could be a fight. They're going to beat the ever crap out of one another. And I, I agree. I, I fully agree. This is, for me, uh, one of the matches I'm definitely looking forward to. I, I definitely will see that this will de-evolve into a brawl. So I'm all for it. <clears throat> it's going to be great. I can't wait. After that... We had a match between the United States champion Bobby Lashley and The Miz. But throughout the night, they tried to interview Miz after what had happened last week when he was abducted. There's really no other way to say it by Dexter Loomis. Now Miz is seeing Loomis everywhere. They had segments where (laughs) Miz was walking towards the ring with Champa, and you clearly could see Loomis standing as one of the guards. And Miz does a double take and turns back and looks, and it's somebody else. So it's like he's seeing things. It's so well done. I love all of this. I'm so happy that Dexter's back. Uh, and he's immediately thrown into a fantastic feud to go off. Just mentally screwing with the Miz. He does it during the match itself, where he shows up at the very, you know, uh, towards the top of the, you know, the, the concourse area where people are coming down to their seats. Miz sees it, but Champa doesn't, which is hilarious because Dexter was completely lit up by one of the lights. And Champa doesn't see it, doesn't know what's what Miz is talking about. And Miz ends up backing right into the hurt lock. Lastly, gets the win. The title wasn't on the line, but that really didn't matter. Um, it's just furthering along. The Miz and Dexter Loomis's new feud, and obviously making Bobby look good by giving him a win going in uh, to the pay per view or premium live event, uh, even though he's not on the card, but whatever. Uh, we also had some fantastic moments in the back where uh, we had Kurt Angle and Edge once again reunite. Uh, and one of my favorite things from multiple decades ago is when edge would show Kurt Angle some pictures, but it would have some writing on the back. He did it to him again. The segment was outstanding. If you have a chance to go find it on YouTube or WWE.com, go do it. It's hilarious. Uh, it just brings it right back. Uh, we had a segment with uh, Johnny wrestling 
Uh, and they interviewed him about how it felt after the, you know, coming back after that first week. And while Johnny's singing everybody's praises, Austin Theory shows up, money in the bank, uh, briefcase, talking about how he thinks Johnny's jealous of him because he never called, you know, Theory to congratulate him on winning the U.S. title, winning the money in the bank. Johnny counters, well, you never called when my son was born. So it's already personal between these two. And Theory thinks that Gargano is jealous of him for all the success that he's had in the past year that Johnny looks at. This is his dream that he wants to do. He wants to compete at WrestleMania. He wants to win titles and, you know, main event WrestleMania and stuff like that. So it's like, I like where this is going. Also, the twist with the way. Uh, it's it's fun to see. I hope it eventually ends up with with Candace coming back or Indy getting involved at some point. I I I think that would be a lot of a lot of fun for those of us who watched NXT throughout the way, and no pun intended, <laughs> and see how that ends up. But I can definitely see this feud going to be going for a while. I would also not be surprised as Johnny Gargano ends up taking the must <laughs> taking the Money in the Bank briefcase from Theory. So we'll see. Uh, but after that, we ended up going to the bloodline with the honorary Us himself, Sami Zayn. Uh, the Usos coming out, you know, just just being the ones doing their thing. Interrupted by Kevin Owens, who still thinks that Roman Reigns owes him one. And it's funny because Jay has been doing this. Manipulation to Sammy, like Roman did to him all those years or those couple of years ago. And he keeps telling him, You better check your boy, tell him what's going on, or else we're going to kick his ass. So Sammy tries his best to tell Kevin, You know, Roman doesn't owe you anything or anybody anything ever. And how Kevin just needs to walk away. Doesn't, you know, there's no need for, you know, Jay to step up and and have to kick his ass and and whatnot and it was again another fantastic segment. Kevin Owens since the changeover in the regime has gone completely back to his prize fighting gimmick and I love it so much. Uh, Sammy has been doing excellent uh, an excellent job with the bloodline. Um, I love everything that's been going on. Like Jimmy is like Sammy's like BFF when it comes to the bloodline. And uh, they did this, this whole handshake. Sammy used the word bet. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Laughing my ass off at this whole thing. Uh, We eventually go into a a match between Kevin Owens and Jey Uso, because obviously KO is not going to, he's not going to back down. Um, A fantastic match between these two at the end they had Kevin Owens in a position where Sammy had a steel chair and Sammy could have hit Kevin to help Jay get the win. Sammy hesitates. KO ends up hitting uh, the stunner on Jay. He gets the victory. And now, now we get to the controversial part of the night. Your main event was for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. The titles that were vacated by Naomi and Sasha Banks 
I don't need to talk about that because we all know what happened when it came to that, or at least we we have a lot of more information. We don't exactly know what happened, but this is where <laughs> this is where the internet got a little crazy. Um, and I'm going to get on my soapbox here for a little bit. So this match, outstanding. Everybody has been on, you know, control, which is what the girls are essentially being called, or disruptors. There's no real official name for them, but both of those have been tossed around. Everybody expected last night that Dakota Kai and EO Sky would become your new tag team champions. But that was probably one of the worst kept secrets in in recent WWE history because they had all the momentum since SummerSlam. They've been kicking everybody's ass. They they work their way through this tournament, get to the finals. I even expected it myself. Boy, was I pleasantly surprised when that did not happen. We had Aaliyah roll up Dakota, gets the pin. However, the controversy here is that Dakota Kai was not the legal competitor. It was EO Sky, but the ref still counted the three. Raquel and Aaliyah are your brand new women's champions, uh, women's tag team champions, and they got their moment to celebrate. They got pyro. They got all this stuff, and I'm just like, okay. Back of my head, I was thinking, where's Naomi? Where's Sasha? Rumors have been swirling that they've agreed to an, you know, they, they've, they, you know, they, they've worked out an agreement. They're supposed to come back at any point. Didn't show up at the end of the show. So I'm like, all right, that's 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 cool. That's fine. There's still SmackDown. We'll see what happens. This can also mean that Naomi and Sasha come back as heels and just completely destroy the tag champs rolling into the pay-per-view the following day. So who knows? We'll see. Don't know. The problem that I have here is that probably 95% of the wrestling community on the internet was completely pissed off about this move. Now, I can understand you have a hot team coming in from SummerSlam. You think, oh, it'll be the next in line. Sure, but that's a little predictable. And now we have the chase element. But do we have the previous tag champs to have that element as well? I don't know. I'm just, I'm going to wait and see what happens. I've been a fan of Aaliyah for a very long time, since breaking ground, honestly. You know, I, I always try to root for you know people to succeed because what the hell is the point of rooting for people to fail what 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 does that actually gain you know this there's so much negativity going on in this world uh constantly and especially within the the iwc like my goodness like if we don't find something to fight about every single day i feel like the world's going to come to an end but the the attacks that i've seen on both of these women for um variety of reasons whether it has to do with uh, political leanings or how good or how terrible they are in the ring you know when it comes to Aaliyah they've kept her around for a long time I think it's been seven eight years now she spent yes the majority of them down in NXT they didn't get rid of her because clearly they saw something you know yes is is her are her uh, her promos you know leave something to be desired yeah is it nervousness? I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. She hasn't been able to fully grasp the whole promo work. That could be a detriment. 
She just needs somebody to talk for her. Raquel, on the other hand, has been dynamite ever since she's shown up. The main people, the main issue people seem to have with her is her are her political leanings, which should have nothing to do with what she does in the ring. But again, that's just my opinion. It is what it is. I'm very happy that they're tag champions. I hope they have a decent reign. I don't know what's going to happen going forward, but we'll see. That was Raw. Go home show for Clash at the Castle this upcoming Saturday. 1 p.m. Eastern start time for the East Coast. 10 a.m. for the West Coast. It's going to be a good event. First time in the UK in 30 years, I believe since SummerSlam 92. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, I look forward to this. Uh, I look forward to hearing this Welsh crowd just absolutely lose their goddamn minds. And I'm ready for it. I think it's going to be great. Uh, Kicks off the weekend uh, full of premium live events and pay-per-views. It's going to be a good time. But like I said, that's it for tonight. Guys, if you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. We are within, I believe, less than a thousand people. Or maybe just a touch over. We'll find out in just a second. We are a touch over 1,000 people away from 10K. It's insane. It truly is. Uh, we appreciate all of you. Uh, we appreciate all your support. Um, talking to you guys, always a great, a great fun. Uh, we look forward to continuing doing it going forward. Uh, we also um, are planning on doing a few more events um once once sam gets all settled in uh we got some news for everybody uh going forward uh but we'll talk about that in september so for now uh if you don't already like i said follow us on twitter at above the ring you can find us on facebook at ship it above the ring on instagram is underscore above the ring and on youtube as above the ring you can find myself pretty much everywhere as Scotty J Stream, and you can find this podcast on basically every podcasting platform that is out there. If we're not on one that you're listening to, let us know. We'll add ourselves to it. That way, you can do all your one-stop podcast shopping and add a little bedlam to your day from above the ring. Most importantly, guys, though, we appreciate you as always for listening. Do not forget to ship it and join the bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.